Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Tonight we are doing an emergency podcast because the Cleveland Browns have just traded for Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, yes, you did hear that correctly. The Cleveland Browns, the ass end of every joke for the last decade in the NFL sports world, is now coming together. We have traded our 17th pick in the 2019 draft, our 95th pick, which is the second of our third round picks in this year's draft, as well as safety Jabril Peppers to receive Odell Beckham Jr. So getting over the crazy news of Odell Beckham Jr. coming to the Browns, let me first introduce myself and the podcast you guys are listening to. Hi, my name is Brandon Bliley, and on the other end of the line is Drew Rucker. We are the Young Bucks, and we make up two-thirds of Uncle and the Young Bucks, a Cleveland-centric sports podcast. We are here tonight not because we have a full-finished product podcast that we are very excited to be bringing you shortly, but because we wanted to get out here and really get some knee-jerk reactions for this Odell Beckham Jr. news as well as all the fun and excitement that's going on with free agency in the Cleveland Browns. Eric will be joining us when we actually set up for one of our full finished podcasts. We're both, we're all, all three of us are very excited in, you know, taking part in this journey. Uh, just a little background. Uh, we are attempting to get out our full finished Uncle and Young Bucks podcast series starting before the NFL draft. Hopefully a week or two before. That way you guys can tune into us if you want to get some more draft inside knowledge, thoughts, knee-jerk reactions for what the Cleveland Browns are doing and what is involved in their 2019 NFL draft. At that point, we'll already have free agency figured out, so I think we'll have some great takeaways to be able to talk with you guys about. As well as, we'll also be discussing on this podcast as a whole, whether or not we do it on our first episode, we are sticking with talking about the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Cavaliers, as well as Ohio State football and other crazy events going on for Ohio State if their basketball team ever decides to turn anything around. Uh, but getting getting past uh, this incredibly long introduction, we are very excited to, to start right away, and I want to introduce Drew Rucker to you. Drew, give me your Odell Beckham Jr. knee-jerk reaction. Who won the trade? Was it worth it? What does this mean for the city? Boom, go, hit it off. Well, when I first, uh, you know, just saw, you know, break on Twitter, um, I was just super psyched, to be honest with you. Um, and then the more I looked into the details, uh, first, my first reaction is, my goodness, like we, we just straight up robbed the Giants. Um, Highway robbery. Oh, absolutely. Dave Gettleman looks like a moron yet again. Um, you know, all the, all the talk he said, you know, I'm not going to trade Odell. We just signed him, blah, 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 blah. Um, man, that was straight up foolishness from his mouth. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people that you heard at the combine, uh, were saying that the giants, you know, may put on a front that they weren't going to trade him, but anybody behind the scenes was like, uh, we're trying to get rid of this dude. And, you know, as many reports coming out of New York, as you could hear that, you know, the Giants aren't going to trade Odell. It doesn't make sense for them to trade Odell. It would take a, you know, a ransom's haul to get him from New York. It was just straight garbage. Um, and I think that he really had, you know, not only the media in general trick, but, I mean, he had his own New York media just completely fooled. Um, well, he had, he had the Giants' Twitter page fooled enough because <laughs> still on their Twitter page, if I'm reading this correctly, 
a tweet earlier in January. It says, Gettleman, colon, we didn't sign Odell to trade him. Well, fact-checking March 12th, (laughs) 2019, just a few months after those comments coming out of Dave Gettleman's mouth, we are sitting here with Odell Beckham Jr. and millions of Cleveland fans all around the world rejoicing that Dave Gettleman has absolutely no validity to any word that he has said prior, past, and what he will say in the future. So Dave Gettleman, first off, as a Cleveland Browns fan, thank you. Thank you very much for your charity donation. Uh, If you'd like to do business in the future, please feel free to contact John Dorsey uh, at any time because we will be continuing to reach out to you uh, while you're doing your quote-unquote rebuilding efforts to take advantage of you in every way, shape, and form possible. Uh, but Drew, I know I know we're both really excited about the Odell trade. I think we both kind of understand uh, from our point of view as a Cleveland Browns franchise that's ready to jump in and start being you know a real contender not only within the division but hopefully for you know the entire not just not just the AFC North but the entire AFC in general and. Uh, you know, not jumping to conclusions or anything, but the whole end goal of this team is to win a Super Bowl. The timeline behind that seems to have been moved up a little bit, uh, you know, with this Odell signing and the Browns in full send mode. Uh, we're being a, be both of us being Cleveland Browns season ticket holders this coming year. I, I think uh, this Odell trade alone has uh, provided a little bit of financial security to us <laughs> to sell our home openers. So very excited about that. Um, as far as what Odell brings to the Browns, and the you know the immediate impact that he brings. Do you mind telling me what your opinion is on what this can kind of do to the offense? I mean, right off the bat, you finally have your your number one dude. Um, you know, as much as we paid Jarvis Landry last year, um, he's just not that guy. Um, and, and there's there's not a problem with that. Um, and I've kind of been harping on this for you know the past five or six months. It's not that Landry's not a good receiver. Um, he's a he's a great slot receiver, but they're paying him a lot of money in a position that you know many times doesn't warrant that uh, that amount of money. So you finally have a guy that is going to actually demand double teams, um, and he's good enough to go beat that himself. But then that's going to let you know that's going to let Landry. You know, do his thing underneath. It's gonna let Joku get one on ones. You're gonna have, you know, hopefully Higgins will. We're, I think we're just kind of assuming that he'll be back eventually. I don't know um, about you, but if I'm sitting here as Rashard Higgins and I see this news break, I am signing the dotted line as quick as possible to become and re-sign as a Cleveland Brown because. He got a decent amount of action last year because Baker Mayfield really shares the ball around. Imagine the kind of open one-on-one opportunities he can create for himself when he is never having to face double coverage when you have the likes of Callaway, Landry, and Beckham in front of him. And we know Baker shares the ball, so it's not like it's going to be a ball-dominant Odell Beckham Jr. who's demanding 10 to 15 receptions a game. I really think those third and fourth options are going to become really valuable pieces within the Cleveland Browns offense. So if I'm Rashard Higgins, I see this, you know, I'm I'm pushing my agent a little bit harder. Hey, let's let's get this thing sped up. I'm ready to go. We are ready to let Baker Mayfield take over this offense and really run the tables this year. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you look back at last year's stats, 
Uh, Landry might have had the more, you know, more impressive stats, just the stat line in general. But as far as just the Browns receivers in general, Higgins was the most efficient. Um, so you, you take, you know, the amount of touches he got, the amount of targets he got. And if you would give Landry's targets to him, um, his numbers would have would have outpaced Landry from last year. Um, and that's not saying that Landry's not a good receiver, but Higgins was much more valuable than what people are going to give him. And I think, I mean, it seems like they're, they're probably going to get him at a reasonable deal. Um, I think they're just waiting on, you know, the market to set itself with him. And I think you could probably look for somewhere between five and seven million a year with him. Uh, to get his deal done, and um, I think I mean I have all intentions. I think they'll be bringing him back. It's just a matter of you know when and uh, kind of another team in the market to set his his uh, money uh, as far as market goes. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. So to kind of wrap up our our Odell rant here, uh, just wanted to make it known that currently it sounds like the Browns are working on restructuring. Odell Beckham Jr.'s deal. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Drew, but I think they're trying to have it model more towards what Antonio Brown did <clears throat> with the with the uh, Oakland Raiders just a few days ago, in which you know he has more money guaranteed up front uh, and, and has a, a a large number contract, maybe the highest in NFL history. Who knows uh, what those numbers are going to turn out to be? But what was nice is that the current contract, as it stands has OBJ on the Browns roster until, I believe, 2023. Is that correct, Drew? Am I understanding that correctly? And uh, what's your take on you know what this contract might end up looking like by the time the season rolls around? Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. 2023 uh, would be the last year of his contract. Um, and I, I think they're wanting to maybe front load um, that contract with you know, maybe try to get a sign, a, some smaller or bigger signing bonuses, sorry, um, and kind of make the back half of his contract a little more team friendly for us. Uh, we're going to have some guys that are going to need signed, uh, you know, Garrett and Baker eventually. Um, and, you know, we're going to have draft picks hopefully in the next couple of years that, you know, we'll be looking to sign um, eventually down the road. And, you know, if we can restructure that contract with uh, with Beckham and um, uh, uh, Oliver as well, um, I think it'll it'll make things a lot easier for us down the road um, as far as money goes, and just making the cap a little easier to navigate uh, from John Dorsey's side. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. So, uh, in conclusion, Dave Gettleman. We appreciate the charity auction donation. It's been fantastic dealing with you. We're happy to do business again. Odell Beckham Jr., as a Cleveland Browns fan since the day I started to be able to walk, we pray to God that you love this city and embrace it as much as we're going to embrace you. You're going to be in for one hell of a ride because Cleveland fans are going to be starting to pop up from every corner of the world absolutely ready to lose their minds for this team when this season rolls around embrace that we will embrace you back and i think you've got a very lucrative fun and enjoyable career ahead of you here in cleveland ohio uh, moving over to our next you know topic of discussion on top of and i can't even believe we're having this conversation john dorsey is the man in dorsey we trust 
on top of this Odell Beckham Jr. trade and some of the other uh, free agent signings that we've already had, including earlier today, Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle, formerly with the Vikings. There are also some current free agency pieces that are out there and trade rumors that are going around that are involving the Browns. We wanted to get you up to date on what we're hearing and what we think might occur within the next uh, you know, few hours, days, weeks, and how that might end up playing out for the Browns. I'm going to pass it over to Drew. Drew, get us caught up on all the free agency and trade rumors that you're hearing. So obviously with the uh, Beckham trade, we sent out Jabril, Prep- Jabril Peppers, uh, our starting safety. Um, so right there, right then and there, we've got a hole uh, we're going to have to fill. Um, and in just the last hour, we have, uh, you know, on Twitter, we've seen a lot about Earl Thomas. Um and I think there's some validity there. Um, I think they're going to be looking, you know, kind of hard to get maybe a vet safety that they can run with this season um, in the next couple years. Uh, and then I could see them, you know, also taking one in the draft as well. Um, reading a lot about how deep of a safety class this year's class is. So that might be a route that uh, John Dorsey decides to go. As far as. Um, anything else the Browns might do uh, in free agency, I think we'll see them target maybe target a corner um, in free agency or through, um, I think more realistically, it'll probably be through um, maybe a smaller trade. Uh, just try to snag a, a veteran corner that could come in and play this year um, and that would let, you know, maybe, maybe we take a, a chance on a, a developmental corner that we like in the you know the third or fourth round that we may not feel is ready to jump right on the field this year, um, and that would kind of let them you know get their feet wet and and take their time um, coming through there. Um, so Drew, Drew, in 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 those kinds of small smaller trades, not blockbuster as much as the Odell Beckham trade, which I would arguably consider is the biggest trade in not just Cleveland Browns history, but maybe Cleveland sports history. You know, it's it's up there with the Kevin Love deal. This might even be a bigger headline than Kevin Love. What are some of the trade chips that we have that Dorsey might look to extend to other teams in order to bring in, you know, that, you know, that safety that has a few years of experience or that cornerback who might be able to step in and make an immediate impact? Who are some of the pieces that you think might be on the block that Dorsey is willing to navigate around to get those people to come in? Uh, right off the bat, I think two that come to my head, and it's kind of, they've kind of been talked about by, you know, media over the past couple of weeks, uh, Duke Johnson and Emmanuel Ogba. Um, they're just, you know, Mary Kay mentioned Ogba possibly being moved. I think that was within the last three or four days. Um, and she kind of did the same thing with Kevin Zeitler, you know, three, four weeks ago. And people, people were kind of laughing at her, um, you know, calling her silly thinking, you know, she, she really didn't know where she was coming from. And then, you know, out of, all of a sudden out of the blue, Kevin Zeitler gets moved um, so I think you could see them possibly moving Ogba. Um, I, it seems like they're going to move him back inside, so I'm not sure if they were going to if they're going to want to move him. Um, and as far as Duke goes, uh, it just seems like you know either they don't know how to use him or they aren't really a big fan of using him because they uh, his touches went down the second half of last year, um, and they just kind of haven't used him 
as much as you know some people will like um and i, I, I know myself included i i I can't believe after, you know, when Duke Johnson was the best player on the Browns offense back when we had quarterbacks who didn't know how to throw the football or receivers that knew how to catch, that the amount of workload that he had, you know, just a few seasons ago has dropped off as much as it has. I understand the coming of Nick Chubb and the, you know, the emergence of a quarterback who can actually, you know, be a threat in the passing game has probably decreased his role. But but if the Browns aren't going to give him meaningful touches for a player who is a, I consider, you know, an impact player, meaningful the second he steps on the field, I think there's a real, real value in maybe looking to trade him, not because I want him out of here. I love Duke Johnson, but there is value in him. And although running backs are, you know, not a position that, you know, brings a lot of value in trades, because as, as last year went to go and show, you can get running backs anywhere in the draft and, uh, as long as you did your evaluation process properly, you can end up having them be an impact player their first year. You know, even undrafted, you know, free agents who are able to end up being able to make an impact their first year, most notably looking at, you know, the Denver Broncos. So I think there's some real value in Duke Johnson, maybe looking to move him. You know, I personally think that, as you had mentioned, there's a lot of depth and safety for this draft. And even the free agent class, I know a lot of the safety free agents have already signed, but there's still a few names out there that I think the Browns are, you know, in talks with. I would go after maybe a trade, Duke Johnson, maybe a few picks to come back for a cornerback and maybe a few picks. Not sure how that all irons out, but I think that's something that's got some real validity to it when we're when we're getting down and actually talking about what could we do to improve the defense. And I think that's ultimately where our main concern should be. After we've got Nodell Beckham Jr. today, I think everyone's sitting here looking left and right and saying, you know, the Browns offense is going to be pretty good in 2019. Let's make sure we worry about that other side of the ball so that can hold up its end of the bargain. Yeah, and as as far as, you know, Duke's contract, you know, touching base on value-wise with him, uh, 2019, he's making 1.8 with a cap hit of 3. Um, and then in 20 and 21, he's making uh, 3.6 and 4.6 respectively. So number wise, um, good numbers on him, um, but still enough substance money wise that they could probably pull in a, a decent corner uh, with with that money and, you know, maybe toss in a pick here or there, um, especially if. You know, they're not going to use him and they feel like they uh, like Hilliard a little more than him. It seemed like, you know, that may have been the case last year. The end of the season, um, Dontre Hilliard was getting more touches than, you know, Duke some games. So that may be a route they decide to go as far as, you know, trades. Um, And there's still some free agent corners and safeties out there that, you know, they could touch base with and, and sign, but I think Dorsey, Dorsey loves his trades and he's going to try to find as much value um, as he can mm-hmm. before he decides to, you know, break down and, and sign somebody to a, a contract. Agreed. Now, uh, unfortunately, Cleveland Browns fans, uh, I know how everybody loves the Matthews family and how Clay Matthews just happens to be a free agent this offseason. I'm going to be the first to say it. I don't think the Browns are going to end up being able to trade for Clay Matthews as much as it might sadden me and sadden the rest of you guys. I don't think we're going to get the blonde-haired freak to be able to come to Cleveland this year and wear a Browns uniform. 
but you never leave anything off the table. Dorsey is in full send mode, so uh, I would say keep all options open, but if there's one that you can kind of put towards the back of your mind, Clay Matthews would definitely be a name that I would say is probably not likely to end up in Cleveland. But now that we've kind of talked about Odell Beckham Jr., the reaction behind that trade, and some of the free agent and trade rumors that are going right now kind of ticking around and you know popping people's interests, I want to get right down to it as this team currently sits where you're adding Odell Beckham Jr. and you're subtracting Jabril Peppers. Drew, what is your knee-jerk reaction for pre-draft wins for the Cleveland Browns in 2019? As the team sits, I think my ceiling uh, with them is probably, you know, 12 and 4. Um, and I think that puts their basement somewhere around, you know, 508 and 8. And so I think, you know, I think my personal belief, um, just kind of knee jerk, not wanting to get sucked into too much of the hype, um, I'm going to go 10 and 6 for this year. Um, and, and that's, you know, something that can completely flip, you know, say they go out and, and sign an Earl Thomas tonight or go make a trade for, a, you know, a, a, a legit corner. You know, maybe both. Who knows? Dorsey's, you know, shooting bullets out of every chamber he has. Um, that could totally change. But I think right now I'll go 10-6, and I, I think that'll be good enough to win the division because I think since I took a deep, a deep, deep slide – um, Pittsburgh's, you know, fell back. Baltimore's unloaded a lot on the defensive side. So I think the Browns, I mean, it's the perfect storm coming right up. 10 and 6 will get them the division. And then uh, I don't know that any team is going to want to play the Browns in Cleveland, you know, week one of the playoffs. Drew, you're giving me chills just thinking about it. <laughs> We're season ticket holders, so I know that I would be willing to pay half of my annual salary to be able to make it to that game if we are able to host. God, I can't believe we're even freaking talking about this. To be able to host a playoff game <laughs> at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. Side this note, is me... a football season comment I'm making. This isn't like we're hosting you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes spring league game or something like that. And I'm serious. The Cleveland Browns have a legitimate shot to be hosting a playoff game in First Energy Stadium this year. Three years ago, if we would have said that, we'd probably be laughing. I mean... You could have I, said that <laughs> 24 months ago, maybe even le- With Hugh Jackson as a coach on this organization, you know, on this, being a part of this franchise, with, with a plague, a cancer like Hugh Jackson in your organization... I can't tell you anybody who would be able to have the confidence to say that the Cleveland Browns had any sort of potential to be at where people are projecting them currently at. I think so much has changed since then. John Dorsey continually is improving the roster. I think the coaching change is for the best, not only for you know the current year that that uh, when Greg Williams took over, and, and then also what Freddie Kitchens is setting up for next year. I think the front office moves have been great. I, I I know I'm probably in the whole biased Cleveland sports fan, but I'm just freaking out sitting here saying, you know, the ceiling is incredibly high for a team who has been an absolute depressing black hole for a decade. 
And this gets me really excited for, you know, for draft night, even though we're not picking two times in the first four picks. This gets me excited to, to go around and talk with people at work and to, to listen to, to everyone's takes on what the Browns are going to do this year. You know, if you, you mentioned that to people in the past and they were just passive fans, you know, that's kind of what it was. It was someone would brush it off to the side. Oh, ha ha ha. The Browns, you know, that is not the case. The Browns, the Cleveland Browns are going to have the last lap this year. And that I guarantee you my prediction, which uh, is kind of completely stolen from Drew's number uh, uh, because I feel strongly for 10 and six as well. Uh, I think the ceiling is, is truly as high as this team sets it. I'm not going to say 16 and no, although after the Odell Beckham Jr. Trade, I feel like I can pump out some pushups and like, you know, yell 16 and no from the top of my lungs. But I will say, I do think the ceiling is definitely higher than 10 and six. My non super loving Cleveland bias away. I, I think 10 and six is a great number to shoot for. I also think that I also think that it will win you the division and uh, we'll have Drew Rucker and Brandon Bliley have their butts planned in their seat for, a, for, you know, a home playoff game in first energy stadium, Cleveland, Ohio. It's giving me chills just thinking about it. But I really do think that that's the kind of potential that this team has, the way that it's being organized. And that's even before we're done with free agency and pre-draft. And we know from just a few years of experience with John Dorsey that that is something that he will bring extra talent towards. Every single pick in the draft last year, with the exception of Chad Thomas, and you know you could say Austin Corbett, but he's getting his chance to prove it this year, was a meaningful contributor to this team. All of the moves he made in free agency were completely justified in one way or another. Deshaun Kaiser for Demarius Randall. <laughs> I don't know how they were able, you know, if it's like the comment where people say, you know, even 2K wouldn't let this trade go through. I'm not sure how the league approved that. Right. This that was guy, hi- highway robbery. It was highway robbery in every sense of the word. And when you've got a guy like John Dorsey at the helm, you know, who in Dorsey we trust, until he proves you wrong, you let the man ride his hot hand. And, you know, I think he's going to. And I think the, you know, the, the ceiling for this team is so incredibly high. I'm very excited for the season. And, and I'm going to stick in 10 and 6 as my pre-draft, pre-even the end of free agency win prediction for the Cleveland Browns. And I do believe they win the division, the AFC North, and are hosting a playoff game at First Energy Stadium by the end of the year this year. I'm very excited. Drew, I know you're very excited. Myself, Drew, and Eric are very excited to be able to bring you guys more podcasts coming up here in the future. We're excited to continue the conversation, not only with the Cleveland Browns, but also other Cleveland sports, the Indians, the Cavs. We're excited to talk about Ohio State football and some of the recruiting trails that have been going on there. Fun fact, my best friend's brother, stepbrother, just committed to Ohio State football. And very proud of him. But we're, we're, we're going to be following Ohio State football, the Cleveland Browns, as well as the Indians and Cavs here at Uncle and the Young Bucks. That's all we have for today. Remember, this is an emergency broadcast and not by any means our end product for what you can expect on a weekly basis when we start getting rolling here closer towards draft time. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys, and have a great rest of your night. Oh, thank you.